Hello, my name's John Donahue. Welcome to the Bite Size Weight Loss Podcast with Human Design. My goal with this podcast is to give you bite-sized tips, strategies, and insights to help you master the game of weight loss without having to give up your life in the process. Now, today's podcast is for people who need to lose at least 5 to 10 kilos this year, or for somebody who wants to lose uh, 5 kilos or more, preferably 10 kilos, to give you a kind of list of ideas and thoughts, behaviors and habits, and, and you know, um, beliefs that I have about approaching this goal and hopefully it'll help you. Now I've had to write these down because I've got about 22 things here. Now I know this is a bite-sized weight loss podcast but like I always say take the stuff that's useful because all of you are going to be at different um, starting points for this but I just want to give you a, a kind of like a blueprint or a plan or something to think about that you can really attack this goal and make it a success this year. So let's get straight on it. Okay so number one if you've got 5 to 10 kilos or more to lose in 2023, um, expand your time frame. Give yourself a fighting chance. This is not an eight-week sprint, okay? It's a lifestyle change that you're after, and that comes from building healthy habits that stick. Please don't go back into the six- or eight-week challenge that you've tried 100 times before. Like, if you give yourself a year to lose 10 kilos, I know it sounds ridiculous, but... You do not have to be as rigid. You could be way more flexible. You can enjoy the process a lot better. And at the end of the year, you'll get to your goal instead of, you know, doing these repeated challenges and then only being heavier or no closer to your goal than you would be anyway. So give yourself, expand your time frame. And I think that's why most people fail with weight loss. Number one, they pick a diet they can't stick to. And number two, they give themselves too short a time frame. They've taken years to gain the weight and they want to lose it overnight. And your body just doesn't like that, okay? So... That was number one. Number two, start off with fewer exercise sessions rather than training every day. And I know that's contrary to what everyone else says, but here's the thing. If you're out of shape, you haven't trained in a while, you've had a break over Christmas, there's no point in training five to six days a week. A, you'll be so sore, you'll not be able to recover. And when you go to most gyms anyway, they don't program uh, sessions appropriately for people to use different muscle groups so you repeat the same muscle groups it's either burpees and push-ups and shoulder press and everything on the floor and just kills your shoulders so give yourself time to recover you don't want to be so sore that you can't do your next workout the whole point of training and getting fit is to build up an accumulation of training sessions so if you give yourself say two to three sessions a week for the first four to six weeks then you don't have to be as highly motivated because you've got days off in between. You give yourself a greater chance to recover between sessions. Then you build momentum and then you can start training harder and add volume as you go. Number three, aim to lose roughly 0.5 to 1% of your body weight per week. Okay, this makes weight loss way more sustainable and it prevents your hormones from really fighting against you. If you start losing weight aggressively, your body will pump out hunger hormones and increase the desire to eat and the drive to eat and you're going to have to fight that. And we all know that life gets busy and we get stressed and we get tired and you, you can only fight biology for so long. So if you're 100 kilos, that would be 1 kilo a week. If you're 80 kilos, that would be 0.8 kilos a week. If you wanted to lose 0.5% of your body weight, if you're 100 kilos, that would be 0.5 kilos a week. And again, that sounds like nothing, but if you take the year to lose the weight, you'll be in a much happier place than you were for the past 5, 10 years because of all the quick fixes you've tried, okay? 
Number four, if you're going to set a weight loss goal, set a performance and a health goal as well. Why do we do this? And it's, it's really to take the focus off pure weight loss. And, you know, what happens is people get so fixated with a number on the scale that they lose track of all the other improvements that they're making. And they could be doing everything right, but the scale could just be up that week. It just could be a fluke measurement. And people get demotivated. They go off the, off the um, trail and they just struggle to get back on it again. So... And, you know, this is not just for weight loss as well. You've seen this in action with performance. You know, with the rise of social media, people want to look amazing, get six-pack and get ripped. And as a result, they take substances they probably shouldn't take that can damage their health. And then you have athletes. We all know that cyclists are doping. We know that, you know, other athletes in other sports are taking performance-enhancing supplements because they're so obsessed with their performance to get to the highest level that they make compromises in other areas. So, you know, we want to lose weight, but we don't want to compromise our health. We don't want to compromise our performance. If you are losing weight too aggressively and your calories are too low or you're just getting obsessed with weight loss to the detriment of your other health and performance goals, then you're on a path to ill health as far as I'm concerned. So don't get so fixated on just the weight loss, even though this is an episode about losing 10 kilos, but you can do it in a healthy way. So set performance goals, set other health goals, and, and run them in tandem with your weight loss goals. So you, on the days you're demotivated, at least you can look back and go, oh my God, I'm improving in all these areas. And there's a great book I'm reading at the minute called The Gap and the Gain. And they say in psychology that you're much happier if you focus on where you've come from rather than always looking forward. So they say high achievers are never happy because they're always looking at there and they're never happy. They're never looking at here where they are now. But if you focus on the gains that you've made from when you started to the person you are now, you're more likely to be happy. You're more likely to stay motivated and you're more likely to keep on kicking on. Uh, number five. Uh, so we want to break down our goal into skills, then into practices, and then into daily actions. And let me give you an example of this. So let's say the goal is to lose 10 kilos. A skill to lose 10 kilos might be I want to eat enough nutrition or good nutrients. A practice for that might be eat enough protein. Well, some daily action ideas might be, okay, I'm going to identify my favorite protein sources. Maybe I'm going to add one palm of protein per meal per day, maybe I'm going to have a protein shake. Uh, a second skill to lose 10 kilos would be to move uh, often. And a practice for that would be to spend more time exercising. Well, how can I do that? What are some daily action ideas? Well, I could walk or bike to work. I could schedule a walking meeting. I could take a three minute break every hour to move. I could do 10 minute workouts. I could work out with a trainer. You know, another skill to lose 10 kilos would be get enough sleep. Well, what's a good practice for that? Well, maybe I could set sleep targets and plan bedtimes. So what are some daily action ideas for that? Well, I could determine the time I need to wake up for the day. Then I can reverse count the number of hours desired uh, of desired sleep and to set my bedtime i could begin a sleep ritual 30 minutes before bedtime i could maybe increment incrementally increase the sleep time each week until the desired amount of sleep is reached okay so there's that's a, that's an example just some examples of breaking down your big goal lose 10 kilos into daily skills and practices and actions that you can take to get to your goal so number six Eat real whole food with lots of veggies. The reason we always say this is because it helps you eat more while taking in less calories. And it also improves your mood and energy while you're regulating your hunger. So this is called positive dietary displacement. This is when you add in healthy foods to negate all the unhealthy options. And when I say you can eat more while taking in less calories, don't be thinking you can eat more calories to lose weight. This is where the diet people trick you. They tell you in their marketing, we can eat more, you can eat more, but you can still lose weight. What they mean is you can eat more volume of food. 
you could eat a 200 calorie bar of chocolate in 60 seconds and but three medium apples are roughly 185 to 200 calories now how long would it take you to eat that and you probably couldn't do it because you'd be full up after one apple so that's an example of foods having low calories but a high amount of nutrition they got a high and you can eat a high volume uh, uh, of food but it, it, less calories okay so eat real food with lots of edges number seven eat slowly and more mindfully now that doesn't mean sitting there meditating and praying over your food no we want to chew our food so much that you're almost drinking your food, okay? Give yourself time to enjoy your meal. And remember, it takes the gut and the brain about 20 minutes to talk to each other, to, to get, release those satiety hormones, those hormones that tell you, okay, I'm full, I've had enough. And we want to aim for about 80% fullness. So we don't want to be pushing out against our belt or our trousers or our skirt. We want to be pleasantly satisfied. You want to eat to feel light and energized. So check in with yourself, see how full you are at each meal. Number eight, Eat three meals a day on a schedule, okay? I am a huge fan of three meals a day, and it's the core nutrition habit that I give in my Fit Habits coaching program, my online coaching, and any nutrition coaching I do. And the reason I do that is because it eliminates mindless snacking between meals. It teaches people to eat more calories per meal and be more satisfied. Then it forms a basis for other habits. So you want to have your first meal within one to three hours of waking, you can have your final meal within three to four hours before sleeping and maybe have your middle meal somewhere in between. So for all of you, that's going to be different. For me, it's roughly 10 a.m., 2 p.m., 7 p.m., although I'm trying to change that at the minute. So pick your schedule. Eat three square meals a day. Eliminate the snacking in between. It'll help you lose weight without even counting a single calorie. Number nine, and this goes against all food advice, but eat similar meals each day. And the reason I say this is because it keeps things really simple and takes the guesswork out of dieting. When you're overwhelmed with a diet plan, it's because there's too many options, you have, there's too many ingredients in the food, you have to grab all, shop for all these foods, maybe you don't even know how to cook. So I eat the same breakfast every day. Probably eat the same afternoon lunch every day and then I eat a different dinner. But in the weekend, I might have a different breakfast when I have more time. So to make it easy, eat similar meals. Then over time, you'll get more ideas when you get more comfortable with the similar meals. And then you'll add in more options. Number 10, drink water when you wake up. Drink water before meals. Replace snacking with drinking water. And this will help you feel full while maintaining your energy, okay? we Too many people do not drink water and they overload with sugary drinks that have loads of calories. This is the quickest way to reduce your calories, increase hydration, and increase performance for training too. Number 11, reduce the ease of eating foods that cause you to binge eat, okay? So get rid of trigger foods, get them out of the house, eliminate them from your environment. I'm quite extreme about this one because I love this concept of choice architecture. I love making my environment so easy that I don't have to rely on willpower and self-control to make good, healthy choices. You know, we want to increase the friction required to eat crappy foods and we want to decrease the friction required to eat healthy foods. We want to make healthy foods the default option. So if you have bowls of fruit around the house, you're going to eat a piece of fruit. If you have chocolate and, and ice cream in the fridge or whatever, you're going to eat that. Okay, it's, it's only normal. You can only fight biology like i said for so long so reduce the ease of eating foods that cause you to binge or overeat uh, number 12 i mentioned this earlier about protein uh, i would say eat 1.2 to 2.4 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight now what that means basically is eat one to two portions or palm sized portions of protein per meal and this will help you maintain your muscle and your metabolism 
why you're losing weight. You know, some researchers have said that when you lose muscle, it can increase your drive to eat and can suppress your metabolism a little bit as well. So we don't want that. We want to hold on to valuable muscle. Nobody just wants to lose weight. People want to usually look better, feel better, perform better. And that usually comes from dropping body fat, getting a bit of shape to your muscles and performing better in the gym. Number 13, get at least two strength training sessions a week, preferably with... 8 to 12 exercise per session to cover as many muscle groups as possible. Now, I know you're all busy. That's why I say 8 to, eight to 12 or 8 to 15 exercises, covering your total body to cover as many muscle groups as possible so you get um, all the bases covered. And then you want to use this principle called progressive overload to build muscle while you're dropping body fat. So each week, you're going to either add a little bit of weight, do a few extra reps, add an extra set, whatever it is, you're going to do a little bit better than the week before. You're going to ask your body to get stronger. You're going to ask your body to get fitter, and you're going to ask your body to change. Remember, your body won't change unless you ask it to. Number 14, I love this one. Take regular walks outside. You know, walking has made a huge comeback. I've talked about this for years. Um, uh, it's de-stressful. It's low impact. It increases your energy and your mood while burning a lot of calories. You can walk in the morning, afternoon, after work to relieve stress. And a great load of research is coming out now saying that if even if you get two by 30 minute walks in a green space per week, then you can decrease your blood pressure and your cholesterol. Okay, so that's great. And you're sorry, your stress hormones number 15 do a time audit track every minute for a few days and see where you're spending your time because most people tell me they're too busy to work out too busy to get healthy and that's fine they probably think that because their reference point is their busy schedule they have kids they work long hours but if you really thought about it i mean my screen time is ridiculous i got a notification saying i was spending four hours a day on my screen last week i didn't even think that was possible and i read a lot and i exercise and i walk and i train I work longer, so I don't know if it's taking my screen time in the gym from when I'm playing uh, music for clients or uh, doing the programs or whatever. But anyway, do a time audit, find out where you're really spending your time, and then schedule your workouts and walks into your calendar. Mark it in a different color from all your other schedule. Make sure you schedule some me time in there. Uh, you know, a lot of my clients have trouble because people block out their diaries. But I tell them, not put the exercise in there. Treat it like another appointment. Number 16, track some numbers. Weigh yourself regularly. Take the average as your true number. So I would weigh yourself daily. Take the weekly average. Measure your inches and your centimeters. Take photos. And this will give you a full picture of where you're starting from. It'll give you a great um, uh, motivational kickstart when the scales don't go your way because you, you might have dropped measurements. Or you might have, you know, taken photos. I've, I've had clients do videos and photos, and they, they are so grateful that they did it. So track your numbers. Number 17, no. Stop getting emotional about the scale and focus on the process, okay? Your results aren't going to be linear. You're not going to lose half a kilo a week. You're not going to lose a kilo a week. Some weeks you'll stagnate. You won't even feel like you're getting any results. You'll feel like you're in a rut. Just focus on the process. And we always t I always talk about this, you know, set an outcome goal. You know, I want to lose 10 kilos, but set a process goal. So what are the behaviors you're going to do to get yourself to the goal? Now, nobody becomes better at their job without doing daily habits. Nobody becomes smarter without studying more. Nobody gets a degree without the daily, you know, lecture attendance or the studying. 
It's the same when it comes to fitness. Divorce yourself from the results. Keep focusing on the process and you will get there. Number 18, try your best to fix your sleeping habits. You know, get the right amount of sleep. Go to bed at similar times. Have a routine. It helps regulate your hunger and your energy the next day. You know, if you get no sleep, I can guarantee you'll be craving sweets and treats and McDonald's and all that food the next day. If not the next day, the day after. Okay, so please, this year, focus big time on sleep. Number 19, please, if you can, minimize your alcohol. It's really empty calories. It puts the brakes on fat loss. Your body has to metabolize it first before it even gets to metabolizing the protein and the carbs. And I'm all for people having an enjoyable diet. And if you have a glass of wine with your your meal every night and you're still under your calories needed, that's fine. But if you're drinking too much and you're taking in too many calories, it really will put the brakes on fat loss. Number 20, here's a huge one that people never talk about. List out your obstacles. List out the barriers that are going to get in your way. You know, there's a a term in psychology called barrier underestimation. It's when people vastly underestimate the barriers that are going to get in their way when it comes to losing weight and getting fit. They just think, you know, they read their health magazine the weekend, they plan out everything, and then they don't make any solutions or ideas to overcome any bars that are going to pop up. You know, your kid might get sick. Somebody might call you into a meeting. You may be stuck in a place where you have to fly interstate and you don't have healthy options available. What are you going to do? So by preparing for these bars in advance and making plans to overcome them, this is one of the best ways to stay on track. But it is so underestimated, and you'll probably listen to this and not do it, but I always think of my day ahead and think, where am I going to be? How many clients do I have? What time am I training at? What time can I eat at? And I always kind of plan events. Just the next day. You don't have to do the whole week, but the next day is enough to develop a plan and make sure you're not stuck with unhealthy options the next day. Number 21, we're almost getting there, folks. We're almost there. Have a long-term mindset. People really overestimate what they can do in six weeks of weight loss. They get too pumped up. They go in all guns blazing. Then they can't do everything perfectly, so they get demotivated and they drop the ball. But people really underestimate what they can do in a year. And that's why it goes back to point number one, expand your time frame. You can do a lot. You will achieve your goals if you just expand your time frame and you're not in a rush. Okay, so have a long-term mindset. This is not a quick fix thing. You need to change your behaviors. You need to establish new habits. You can't keep doing these six-week plans only to end and go back to your old way of eating. That's not how it works. Number 22, focus on transforming your identity into someone who incorporates all of these as lifestyle habits. Now, James Clear talks about this a lot. He says you should set outcome goals, set process goals, but set identity goals. You know, think about this. If you're offered, if two people are offered a sugary treat and work, the first person says, no, I don't want to eat some carbs today. The second person says, no, I don't eat those treats. I'm a healthy eater. Who do you think is going to stick to it? The person who identifies themselves as a healthy eater is going to stick to it more. The person who identifies themselves as a runner is going to run more. The person who identifies themselves as a hard worker is going to work harder, okay? So start by shifting your identity. Psychologists say most people struggle with performance goals because they can't get in or become the identity of who they want to become. All right, so if you want to be, a, say, an elite footballer, you want to have to identify yourself as an elite footballer. If you want to identify yourself as a, a good manager, you know, all this stuff comes with a shift in mindset and, a, and becoming the person you want to become. Easier said than done, but it's just something to think about. Number 23, and I have, an invested, I have a vested interest in this, get better results by investing in a good coach, okay? If you're really stuck, get a coach. I can tell you now, the main reason I think you should get a coach is to distill all the information, take all the nonsense 
out of the ether and out of the internet and distill it into a clear, actionable plan that'll get you results. So don't spend years. You know, there's lots of free stuff on the internet, but at the end of the day, you can only implement so much. So get a good coach. And if you ever want to get any help, reach out to me on any of the social media channels, send me an email, even if you just want to have a chat about what coaching involves. But that's number 23. So there we go, 23, eh? I'll go over them really quickly. Number one, expand your time frame. Number two, start off with fewer exercise sessions per week rather than train every day. Aim to lose 0.5 to 1% of your body weight per week or even less if possible. Number four, set a weight loss and performance and a health goal. Number five, break down your goal into skills, practices, and then daily actions. Uh, number six, eat real foods with lots of veggies. Eat, number seven, eat slow and mindfully. Aim for 80% fullness. Eight, eat three meals a day with no snacks in between. Eight, nine, eat similar meals every day at the start. Number 10, drink water. 11, make it harder to eat unhealthy foods and make it easier to eat healthy foods. Number 12, get enough protein, obviously. Number 13, try and get at least two strength training sessions a week. Uh, number 14, take regular walks, schedule walking meetings. Number 15, do a time audit. Where you spend your time? Where can you plan in your workouts? Number 16, track your numbers, photos, inches, uh, weight. Number 17, don't get as emotional about results. Focus on the process. Number 18, fix your sleeping habits. Number 19, stop, minimize, sorry, minimize alcohol. Don't stop it. I don't like that term. Uh, number 20, list out your obstacles that could potentially get in your way and come up with plans to overcome them. 21, have a long-term mindset. 22, focus on becoming the person you want to become. Transform your identity. And number three, get better results, or 23, get better results by investing in a good coach. Now, dropping 5, 10, 15 kilos can really be life-changing. I've seen it with clients. Um, they have become much happier, much more confident. They've taken on more adventures than they ever thought they could do. They've entered marathons, triathlons, gone on hiking adventures, you name it. Uh, it's truly can be truly life-changing, never mind the shift in uh, mood and energy and, and, and uh, motivation. So I hope this helps you on your journey to getting in your best shape in 2023. If I've missed anything, let me know. Uh, leave a comment or reach out. And I'll be back soon with more podcasts. Have a great day.